dude. Sorry. Whenever you're ready. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm one of the co-hosts, Tim Walcott. Um, today's episode is going to be a actually a past recording from just over a month ago, um, back in uh, mid-February when I did a presentation on fat loss and understanding energy balance and how that relates to fat loss. Um, basically, what it was was using energy balance theory as a way to explain to people an overly simplified way to explain to them how diets work and how fat loss works. Um, so going into the, the theory of uh, calories in versus calories out, um, the laws of thermodynamics, what goes into energy output, total daily energy expenditure, what goes into energy intake, what are calories, how are calories burned. Um, we kept it pretty simple. Um, but, uh, and, and also we touched on actually a lot of the different popular fad diets and why they can work for certain individuals within the framework of, um, energy balance and calories in versus calories out. So, um, yeah, I, I really hope you guys, uh, enjoy this, this, uh, recording. I had a, a great time presenting and I hope I have a lot of, um, opportunities to do this again in the future. So, uh, thanks again for listening. I uh, hope you enjoy the show. Okay, we're ready to go. How's everybody doing? Uh, I'm Tim. I'm from Motor Strength Health Club. Um, I run a small private training studio in the north end of town. Um, I do the one-on-one training there. Tyler does as well. Um, he does registered massage therapy there. So it's one-on-one training, massage therapy, and I do nutrition coaching as well. Um, it's kind of our main specialties. Um, I'm going to go through how diets work. <laughs> uh, essentially, understanding energy balance, which a few of you have probably heard about. What is a caloric surplus? What is a caloric deficit? Is that a real thing? Does it even exist? Um, does it matter at all? So I'm going to go through and kind of talk about that um, and then kind of explain as far as fad diets, why they work. Um, I'm not going to harp on fad diets like as if they're bad or even assign any negativity or positivity to them because I think sometimes even just saying, oh, it's a fad diet, it's bad. People kind of just, there's a negative connotation to that. Um, but I'm just going to talk about them and just whether it's keto, intermittent fasting, Atkins, all those different things, uh, they can all be useful, but I think, uh, people sometimes, uh, assign some type of like, oh, it worked for me and it's amazing or it's a negative thing. And like, why are you doing that? That's stupid. So I'm going to kind of go through it and tell you why it can work, why it can't work. And you can assign whatever you feel like you need to, to it. Um, so yeah, here we go. Um, yeah, basic disclaimer. <laughs> Everything discussed here is educational. It's not meant to be medical or dietary recommendations for myself, Motor Strength Health Club, Soul Fitness, or any other entity that is present. Before beginning a dietary plan or regimen, you should consult a doctor or another qualified professional. Make sure you have a plan that is right for you. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what is energy balance anyway? Um, everybody knows what calories are. Kind of. Everybody knows what that name is. But no one, well, maybe some of you might know what a calorie is. Um, even I know to a degree what a calorie is. Um, it, it's, it's still kind of confusing what it is because ultimately what we know is a calorie is just a unit of measurement for us. Um, you can go into the nutritional science of what a calorie is. Uh, for the sake of tonight, we're going to just say a calorie defined is just a unit of measurement. Okay. It's a unit of heat. It's a unit of energy. Uh, that's all it is, right? So when we eat food that's full of calories, that's energy. We eat it and then we use it ideally. Okay. Um, or store it. 
Uh, and that's what a calorie is. So it's a unit of measurement by which we can measure heat or energy. Okay. So moving forward with that. Um, CICO, calories in versus calories out. So that is an acronym, right? C-I-C-O. Um, so when you're talking about calories in versus calories out, uh, the idea there is it's kind of a, to be honest, it's a reductionist kind of idea of, uh, and I don't mean that negatively because I think it helps people understand it better. Um, but CICO, calories in versus calories out, is essentially just explaining what mat is the energy balance, right? Calories in versus calories out. That's what matters. At the end of the day, end of the week, end of the month, uh, the amount of calories that you consume, okay, uh, there's a balance between that and the calories that you expend, okay? So whether that's uh, through drink, through food, all that, I'm going to get to that. But essentially, SECO is calories in versus calories out. And that is really what energy balance is, okay? The energy balance is just always trying to balance the calories coming in versus the calories that you expend, okay? We're going to go through what goes into energy intake and what goes through energy outtake, okay? Calories being energy, calories, uh, yeah, calories being energy, right? So that's energy in versus uh, energy out. So we'll talk about that uh, right there. So we'll go through that in a minute. Um, this is the first law of thermodynamics. So energy cannot be created nor destroyed, only modified in form. That's the idea of just where it comes from. So the laws of physics. So um, that's why uh, ultimately it all comes down to what you take in has to get used or stored, right? That's, it has to. There's no ways around that. That's the laws of physics. It's the laws that our universe is, abides by and you can't get around it, okay? Um, energy balance is a dynamic process. We can kind of go over this quick, but the whole idea there is it's for the sake of this presentation, it's going to be very reduced down ish. Um, but just so you have it in your head, it is dynamic. So there's always, it's always moving. It's when I say at the end of the week, end of the month, end of the year, whatever, uh, the balance matters. Your body doesn't have a deadline where it goes, okay, end of the week, you ate this much, you expended this much, we will gain fat. It's always in flux. Okay. So just understanding that it's always dynamic is, I think, uh, a good thing to understand. Um, there are no magical foods, nor harmful foods. That's a particularly good thing to understand. Um, magical foods, meaning there are no foods that are going to magically burn fat. Okay. This is, uh, I meant to say this at the start, actually, the, uh, this is going to be entirely from a perspective of fat loss or weight loss. Okay. Fat or weight loss, um, not being the same, but being similar. Uh, this is not from, uh, long-term general health, right? Those overlap, but it's not the same thing. Okay, so this is from weight loss perspective. Okay, so the health perspective over the long term is a totally different conversation. Um, although they overlap, when I talk, this is from a weight loss perspective. Okay, so when I talk about magical foods nor harmful foods, um, we know that trans fats aren't healthy. We recommend avoiding them. Um, so you could argue that that would be a harmful food. I would argue that as well. Now, when it comes to fat loss, different conversation. So that's why I'm talking fat loss here. Okay, so as far as magical foods or harmful foods, so fat burning foods, which you've probably heard before, or uh, fat storing foods, sugar, right? Things like that. Uh, doesn't exist. Not a real thing, right? But that is what people hear a lot of time. That doesn't exist, okay? So there aren't foods that automatically store fat, and there are not foods that automatically burn fat, right? It all comes down to the balance. That's it. It's just the amount, just like a, a monetary budget. That's it, right? If you go over, you're storing it. If not, you're expending it, and you're less, right? That's the idea. Um, so this is kind of an image to just uh, show you, uh, yeah, calories in versus calories out, right? So calories in versus calories out is very simple. That's all it is, right? So if calories come in and that uh, outweighs, uh, energy expenditure, you're going to store fat and you're going to, well, I shouldn't say you're going to store fat. You're going to gain weight. We don't know how you're going to store it. Okay. So you are going to gain weight because that's how that works, right? If you have an excess of energy, which is an excess of calories, 
it has to go somewhere. And if it's not being used, it must get stored. Okay. So the opposite would be if energy expenditure, okay, calories burned is higher than energy intake, then you're going to lose weight. Now, do you lose fat? Do you lose muscle? Do you lose soft tissue? Do you lose brain fluid? Do you lose, do you cut off your arm and lose weight? I don't know. <laughs> but that could be a million different things, right? That's another conversation. But the point is, is when that, when that balance is, 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 uh, is, uh, asymmetric, you see a difference, right? That's the idea. And then obviously, if it's the same, if it's flat, you maintain your weight. Okay. That's how that works. Does anyone have any questions on that? Energy balance, pretty simple. Um, so we're going to go into what goes into energy intake, um, food, <laughs> whole food definitely is part of energy intake. So protein, carbs, and fats, everyone's heard of those. Some of those are deemed generally more evil than others. Um, it's all just food. It's all just energy, right? Um, carbohydrates, protein, and fat, right? Those are the macronutrients that carry calories that go into our total caloric intake, right? Some people have more protein than others. Some people have more carbs than others. Some people have more fat than others. If you're following a diet, maybe they tell you to eschew a certain one or eat extra of another one. Um, but that's ultimately what goes into your energy intake is just the food throughout the day, okay? Um, drinks, um, it's going to be mainly just food and drink um, that go into it. Drinks, obviously, being pop or alcohol um, or juice. Um, some caveats here at the bottom is actual calories absorbed, um, different types of fiber and then alcohol is there's some, I'm not going to go into that, but those do affect the, uh, the amount of energy that you actually, uh, consume. So, or I should say the amount that you store or use. Okay. So even though, uh, how do I put this? Yeah, well, think about it, insoluble fiber. Most people would know what insoluble fibers, uh, celery would be like a good example of that. Um, insoluble fiber, you're going to, uh, it's not a negative energy food, so that doesn't exist, but the negative energy, f or sorry, the celery, it's when you're eating insoluble fiber, you're not digesting all of that, right? So all of those calories that are coming in, you may not be utilizing all of that, and some of that is going to pass through your digestive system. So the idea there is that not everything you consume is going to be used or stored, um, and some of that does does affect the situation. Um, for simplicity's sake, you really only need to focus on that, and you don't need to worry about that, um, unless that is a problem. Um, other than that, uh, this probably isn't a problem. And then you just really need to think about your total food and drink for the day and the week and the month, right? Uh, that's really what it comes down to. Um, okay. So I want to talk about what goes into energy output. Okay. So I have energy output here. Can you guys see? Yeah. Uh, energy output. So TDE. So that's total daily energy expenditure. That's just the acronym for it. Um, so these are all the things that go into it. You don't need to know all this. The idea is that there's just multiple things. Okay. So the idea here is your basal metabolic rate. So that's at rest. That's you just chilling. Um, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Okay. So those are things like you walking, uh, getting groceries. Um, those are things, um, walking to go get a beer, uh, the, things like that, that are not, uh, when you're in the gym or running something like that, anything that's non-exercise activity, thermogenesis, 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 meaning the 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 meta metabolism of energy. Okay, so that's all that means. You can you can kind of compare that with this one, which is non-exercise, non-activity thermogenesis. So these are things that when you're not in the gym or exercising, and when you're not doing the activities I was saying up here, which would be like eye twitching or fidgeting, like if you know people that tap their leg. Okay, so things like that all plays in, or what I'm doing here, hand talking. Okay, that all plays into caloric expenditure and that matters like I do personal training and I use this example a lot is when I'm if I have a really busy day 
it's a struggle for me to maintain my weight for that day. Now that's an acute sense, so it doesn't really affect my weight too much, but I do notice that if I have a string of those days and I'm not cognizant of my calories, I will lose weight. Um, and vice versa. If I have very slow days, I'm not doing this. I'm not on my feet. I'm not bending over, lifting weights. I never break a sweat the whole day, but I'm burning calories. Okay. So it's not, it doesn't just come down to, um, well, really what we're going to come down to here, which is exercise. Everyone thinks exercise is all about burning calories. It's, it's part of, it's part of the deal, but it's mostly the rest of the day. Um, this one thermic effect of food goes into it. So that's really just the energy that goes into breaking down food. Okay. So when you're eating food, your body needs energy to break down that food. Okay. And then metabolize it and use it as energy or decide to store it depending on what you're doing, right. And what your lifestyle is. Um, the other, the last one is exercise, energy expenditure. Everyone knows that one. Cause that's when you go to the gym, run on the treadmill or lift weights. And that's when you're burning calories at the gym. Okay. So those are most of the things that kind of go into energy output, um, energy input being food and drink. These are the five things that go into energy output. So it's all the movement that goes throughout the day. Right. And that's just how they classify them. Um, Okay, so this kind of just breaks down how much all of those uh, uh, are broken down into your day. So your BMR, which is your basal metabolic rate, which is you right now, um, 70%, because that's just most of your day. That's always going on, right? That's just to keep uh, your normal functions happening, right? So your heart staying alive, your lungs, everything, your major organs are just running, everything's functioning, uh, breathing, digestion, all that is in BMR. Uh, NEAT and NENAT, those are the uh, non-exercise activity and non-exercise non-activity. Um, those take up 15%, so that's a decent chunk. Th- uh, thermic effect of food, 10%. Energy exercise expenditure is only 5%. Okay, You hear this a lot where people are like, if you want to burn fat, you need to start running on the treadmill. Don't recommend it. I shouldn't say I don't recommend it. I may recommend it, but I don't just recommend it for without context because it's only 5%. Would, do we really want to go after this one when we could affect other areas there? Um, it doesn't, and then obviously this is give or take depending on someone's lifestyle and their body chemistry and everything else. Um, but, uh, I think this is blown up proportion culturally. A lot of people think that that's much higher. So, uh, you've probably heard, you might be some of you might be some of your friends where it's like, I've burned, I went to the gym all the time. I didn't lose any weight. Um, this is part of the reason for that probably is that they think that sweating and getting the heart rate up burns a ton of calories. Um, when really their effort spent elsewhere uh, would be better served, right? Um, which is what I go into here. Uh, put focus towards maximizing need. Okay. So why I like, and I use this with a lot of my clients, uh, focusing on needs. Um, you can focus on Nenat if you want to blink all the time, but, uh, uh, neat makes a lot more sense because you can track your steps, things, things that aren't in the gym, right? So things that you have to do anyway, you're going for groceries. Um, uh, you're going shopping, all those things that involve, moving around. I think that's a good way to use your effort and your time. Um, thermic effect of food is not a bad one, I guess. Um, I mean, if you were going to say that, then you would be like, okay, I could drink more because alcohol has a high thermic effect. So that one I kind of pass on a little bit, but you can use that with like fiber and protein, right? This has a, a larger thermic effect as far as other foods. Um, energy and uh, exercise, energy expenditure, we're just going to maximize that anyway. So you can count on that 5% right? You're going to smoke that anyway. Um, but this is where I like people to focus because I think that's underrated. People, a lot of the time will go train and then sit around, right? So if you can keep moving in general, you don't need to obsess about it, but if you can be moving constantly ish, then I think that's a good use of your time. Uh, I know someone, she may or may not be here today. Her name rhymes with whiz. Yeah. She, uh, (laughs) she has maximized that herself, uh, very, very well. 
and it's helped a lot. Um, I take care of this for her and I'm not really that important. So <laughs> this is actually way more important. So she probably thinks that like, I'm the reason that she's losing weight. <laughs> no, she knows. But this is why she walks all the time and she increased her steps probably 400% all of a sudden and then has kept that consistently. Um, and that's a huge deal because I mean, this is going to take up at somewhere around 15%, maybe more, maybe less of your daily energy expenditure, right? Your total daily energy expenditure. So uh, in general, that's why I recommend people focus their time instead of just spending hours on the treadmill. Although the treadmill can help. Um, popular diets and why they work sometimes. Um, has, <laughs> has anyone here done a popular diet? Um, can you name a few? Just name a couple. They'll probably be up here in a second. Keto. Yeah. Okay. Keto, fasting or intermittent fasting. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. 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 I think they're coming out like every six months. <laughs> yeah. Those. So basically I think people are very, uh, aware of these things. Um, they're super pervasive, especially in our culture. They, you see, they're rolling out with some new one every six months and it's supposed to be the magic diet. Um, the problem with these diets before I get into this is, um, I'll talk about this after, but I, I'll preface it with that is these diets aren't going to, aren't going to touch on any of your underlying habits that are, uh, ultimately bad habits. And that's what needs to change. Um, these diets focus instead on, um, uh, foods, which I don't focus, even though, even though foods contain calories, calories contains energy, excess energy makes you fat. I don't focus on those because it's your behaviors ultimately that will deem how much of those you eat. Okay. So, um, we'll kind of go through it and I'll explain it. Um, yeah. So you see here, keto, uh, I kind of explain here, uh, what each one does. So keto, uh, and you guys can help me out if you want. I tried to like simplify it pretty much, but keto, no carbs or low carbs. Uh, it's lower than Atkins and South Beach. That's why I said no carbs. Uh, intermittent fasting, less time to eat, remove meals. Uh, paleo, no grains or processed sugar. Low fat, less fatty foods. A lot of these have a lot more caveats to it and, and details. But uh, Weight Watchers, controlled portions, iron on point system. Whole30, no processed foods that are generally highly palatable. Atkins Zone, South Beach, they're all very similar. Uh, low carb and partial removal of grains, starches, and sugars. If it fits your macros or calorie counting, staying under a predetermined number of calories. Vegan and vegetarian, reduction or elimination of animal products. Um, this one has a little bit of a caveat just because there's an ethical thing there. But the whole idea there is um, if you look at all of these, what they do, they're all removing calories. That's all they're doing. Right? They're all just removing calories. Um, they're removing energy. So they're just removing excess energy from your day, from your week, from your month. Right. So when you do that, um, you're going to put into a symmetry that balance. Right. And then that's how people that's how you hear people be like, oh, I did keto and I lost weight or I did this and I lost weight, which is great. That's awesome. That is a great thing for you. It's kind of similar to religion. It's like, OK, I work for you. Great. Don't talk to me about it. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of similar. It's like that. These work for a lot of people, but they don't work for everybody. OK, so and that's the idea is understanding that they all work in the same way. All of these, every single one, ultimately uh, results in a caloric deficit. They work in energy balance being swayed, being asymmetric, right? It works in your energy expenditure being higher than your energy intake, okay? Which equals weight loss. And that's why it works. And that's what, well, I'll go into why it doesn't work for some people, but um, 
What is the best diet to lose weight? Um, ultimately, the best diet is the one you can adhere to long term, which is why I'm not for or against any of those diets. Those, all those diets are great. They can be. Um, but I'm not pro any one because everybody's different and everybody has a different lifestyle, uh, different biochemistry, different cravings, uh, different everything. So um, that's why ultimately the diet needs to fit the person and not the person try and mold them to a certain diet. Um, and there never will be a magic diet. There never will be. Um, so ultimately, what you need to do is figure out a diet strategy that fits fits you. And that's why I don't really like to if someone does find a diet that works for them. Great. Run with that. But ultimately, what you need to do is you need to uh, focus on changing habits because the diet will, in certain situations, you will be challenged and you may fail. Um, well, you will fail, but you may fail long term and you may fall off completely with the diet um, because you've been uh, uh, um, deprived of so many different foods. Because a lot of them eschew certain foods, right? Like keto pulls out carbohydrates completely, which is ex- very extreme. Um, and I don't not recommend it, but it's definitely not my first line of intervention for people because of that reason. It's very extreme. And a lot of people like carbohydrates and there's nothing wrong with carbohydrates, um, provided you eat them in moderation or within your lifestyle's capacity. So that's, what's important. So I know a lot of people that are like, yeah, I tried keto cause my sister-in-law did it. She lost a ton of weight. And I'm like, you like cake? And she's like my favorite. I'm like, don't do it. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, I guess that's what I went through. All diets can work provided they sustainably keep you in a caloric deficit. So over the long term, you want to figure out a plan that keeps you keeps that balance like this. Remember, this is coming from a weight loss perspective, right? Long term health, different, overlapped, it's related. But when I'm talking about weight loss, we want to tilt that 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 scale in our in our favor. Okay, so that's what we're looking for. So a caloric deficit is when the energy expenditure outweighs the intake, right? So we need any any diet that works for you that can sustainably keep you whoop, the scale like that, then that's the right diet for you for now. Maybe that'll change, right? But that's okay. And that's why I'm not pro or against any of those diets um, in general without context, right? They can all work. Um, I've used a bunch of them myself. And I've had success with some of myself. And I've failed with some of them myself. So, um, yeah, and I went through. Diet strategy should be tailored to the individual, not the other way around, right? Very commonly, you'll see that where people want... Um, they see something and they want to try and make this certain diet fit their lifestyle when it's like, yeah, your lifestyle is not going to change. You have a very rigid lifestyle and things that are non-negotiables. You should figure out strategies that work with you, not against you. So, um, how do you stay in a caloric deficit? Um, this is, so the first point there is what I focus on with my clients, building good habits. That's the best thing you can do. Um, okay. So instead of looking at like our carbs, making me fat is fat, making me fat. Is exercising making me fat? Is beer making me fat? Is whatever making me fat? None of them are making you fat. It's a lot more complex than that. Probably what's making you fat is your lack of these and your surplus of these. So you, have, you haven't been building good habits and you've uh, let years or months or weeks or decades of bad habits uh, just run amok, right? So what you need to do is uh, run an audit on both these and just start paying attention. You don't even need to change it. Just start paying attention. That's my first line intervention with all my clients is go through, look at building good habits. When you start building good habits, the foods don't matter. You just eat them in right amounts. They'll eventually become that, right? Um, you'll fa- and you'll, you'll slowly figure out what foods work for you and what don't and what you're willing to, to eat and what you don't want to eat. 
Um, but there's no, you can't have that. No, you should eat that. It's, there's none of that involved. Okay. So building good habits. I have examples here, right? Focus on neat, which I already talked about, right? That's non-exercise activity, thermogenesis, uh, tracking steps. Um, that doesn't need to be obsessive, although it can be right. But, uh, tracking steps can be useful. Can somebody laugh? <laughs> uh, walk more and drive less. Stop when 80% full. That's a common one. Sounds daunting. Um, really what it means is stop when you're actually 100% full and not eating past that. <laughs> Sounds like 80% full. It's like, oh, so I'm still hungry. No, eat when you're actually full um, is when that is because most people will eat past that point And that's when you're like, uh, sushi coma. That's too much. Um, and that that is actually, that is technically disordered eating as a problem. So we all do it. I do it. Um, but it's a problem. Um, and you want to identify when and how much you do that and with what foods you do that. Um, or with what maybe emotions trigger that. Okay. So, um, identifying bad habits, uh, examples there are confusing craving for hunger, frequently overeating, kind of what I was talking there, kind of binging, uh, mindless snacking. That's a huge one. Um, a lot of people will dummy a bag of chips and be like, I have no idea where that went. I guess I ate it. Uh, so the big one is just paying attention, mindfulness, um, Where's Caroline? She might, she might be talking about, okay, she might be talking about mindfulness stuff. I don't know. But like that's, it, there's some overlap there because uh, mindfulness is huge when it comes to healthy eating habits because you're just paying attention. A lot of people just don't pay attention. They look at all food like it's just food. I'm hungry, so I eat. And you kind of become a slave to your, your emotions of just like, yeah, just things are there and I eat whatever they are. And most people have had that experience where they binge on something or they eat a bag of chips or they eat whatever it is. I'm, and I'm using bag of chips just because they're the most bingeable food ever. There's nothing wrong with them. There's just most people overeat them. Um, um, but most people will have have uh, have experiences where they binge and then be like, I didn't even enjoy that. Right. And they'll realize after. So if we can catch you before you do that and not 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 eat it, but just control yourself, be conscious, be aware. And you can still enjoy it, but you can have it in moderation and not uh, overeat. Right. And then find yourself in a position where you overeaten uh too much and then you know at the end of a week a month a year or whatever then you're like how did i gain weight i don't even know how this happened it's 74 days of mindless chip bag eating or whatever you know um periods of over restriction followed by binging so that goes back to potentially harmful effects of fad diets is sometimes they can create that so if uh keto is a good example i shouldn't harp on keto so much so i should use another one but um, any type of diet that's, I guess, South Beach or Atkins, if people still do those, I don't know, <laughs> but the pulling out, pulling out carbs or pulling out any type of, uh, uh, macronutrient or food group completely being like, these are bad foods. You're a bad person. If you eat them, um, that's problematic, uh, especially long-term because those, there are no bad foods. You could argue trans fats are foods, but we'll, that's another thing that's health, uh, not, not a weight loss. Um, but the, uh, they can create from the over restriction, they can create binge episodes. Uh, a lot of people have felt that where they're like, I'm just so deprived. Keto made me not eat any sugar. All I want is a cookie. Guess what? You don't eat a cookie. You eat four tubs of ice cream then. So it, it creates this backfire effect. And so that's a problem. Um, so, um, so yeah, continuing on track progress somehow. Um, when you're tracking progress, that's important just so you know, cause a lot of people will lose weight and they'll be, I don't know, few weeks, few months into a diet, diet plan, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and they are, they give up and they go, I'm not losing weight. I give up. And then it's just over. How many people, that's like a very common thing. People try and lose weight and give up, try and lose weight and give up. And they think they haven't seen progress. And then you ask them like, how are you tracking progress? And they go, I don't know. It's how I feel. It's like how you feel is good, but it can't, it, it's so subjective. 
that it, it's not a good way to measure how well you're doing. So you need something else. Qualitative metrics are great. I'm a big fan of them. Um, I like, uh, you know, clothes fitting, how you feel generally, functional uh, tasks at work are great. All those things are good. Those are all subjective measurements. You're not like, there's no ruler or measuring tape going up to that. But as far as objective metrics, you know, you can measure your waist. You can, uh, you can measure your arms, your legs. You can uh, scale is a good one. Um, all of those are good. Um, alone, they aren't necessarily great, but in conjunction with other ones, they can, they can be very useful, right? The point is that multiple metrics are useful because they give you idea if you're improving because weight loss is very psychological and emotional. So if you're losing weight, you may feel like you're not because feelings are powerful, but sometimes they don't mean anything. <laughs> so you need to be able to look back and be like, okay, I feel like shit. I think I'm, I think I'm a fat pig. And then you look and you're like, ah, I'm losing weight. Cool. I guess I should keep going, right? That's what you should do, right? If you didn't have that objective metric to actually tell yourself that, then you may fall into a pit of like, ah, screw me or whatever. And then you just, uh, you fall off and then you give up when really you were on the right track the whole time, right? But you need some type of metric to keep you on track. And that's why I'm a big proponent of tracking somehow. You don't need to be obsessive about it. Some people can get crazy about it. Um, yeah, you don't need that. You just need two. Yeah, one, one, one can work, but the best is two to multiple uh, uh, metrics to follow there. Um, a mix of qualitative and quantitative, right? So, um, and then this is a quote that I put in here from just talking after talking about fad diets, um, from an article that I really liked really good. This is one I've saved for a while now. It's really good. It's called the red pill diet from Atkins to keto fad diets. Give us what we really want. The illusion of being special. Um, so the quote says the people who make the most significant lasting improvements to their appearance and health do not tend to be the disciples of Jenny Craig. Rather, they make simple, often difficult changes to their lifestyle that typically lack the glamour and exclusivity of the fad. Okay, so the point there is that they change habits, right? Fad diet doesn't change their life. The habits, the good habits that they create and the bad habits that they overcome and issue is ultimately what creates lasting, sustainable change. Um, in North America, there's no problem with losing weight. Everybody's lost weight. Everybody can lose weight. People have a problem keeping weight off. So everybody can lose weight. The problem is keeping it off. Um, and that's why all these diets work. All the fat diets work. But a lot of times, uh, most people, the vast majority of people, it doesn't help to keep it off, which is really what matters, right? Um, so yeah, um, next one. Takeaways. Okay, so as we go through here, this is kind of just going over everything I just said. Okay, so, and if anyone has any questions at the end, I'll go through it all. But Seco uh, is the current best model. So going over at the start, calories in versus calories out. Okay, so that's going over just energy balance, right? It's that scale that you're always thinking. I want, if you're trying to lose weight, the energy intake has to be lower than your energy outtake. It must be. There's no way around that, okay? Um, then that's what you need, okay? Seco is the current best model that we have. It's not perfect. There are flaws in it, but it is the best that we have. Um, so when you see people that are like, this isn't real or doesn't exist or any of that, whatever, they're wrong and they don't have a better alternative. So they can go kick rocks. So like that's, that is the best we have and it works. So we, we need things that are practical and useful, right? And easy and simple. Okay. Um, there are no magical foods, but there are more healthy and less healthy foods that goes more into, cause I've only been talking about this from a weight loss perspective. This would be a whole other conversation if I was going into general health over the long term. Um, based on what I said earlier, or just this whole thing, you'd be like, Tim, can you lose weight off McDonald's and Twinkies? Yes, you can. And people have done it. Does that make you healthy? No, but it does make you lose weight, which does make you healthy partially. Right. But 
we know we need fiber. We know we need fruits and veggies. We need nutrient dense foods. So over the long term, you do want most of your foods to uh, contain those types of foods that are full of micronutrients, vitamins and minerals. Right. Um, so as far as weight loss goes, there are no magical foods. But like I said, there are more healthy and less healthy foods. Right. French fries, you know, being delicious, but generally low ish nutrition. So less healthy, not unhealthy. I would never call them unhealthy, but there are less healthy than maybe. Carrots. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I was trying to pick something that was like kind of good, but I was going to say broccoli and broccoli sucks. So, um, quality of food still matters. So yeah, that goes into that. So quality of food still matters. Um, that's a whole other conversation, right? So this is a very easy, uh, presentation to straw man. It has been in many times, but I'm trying to keep it simple, but ultimately I'm not saying the quality doesn't matter. Um, but what I am saying is quantity matters the most. It's all about how much you eat. Um, if you remember that documentary, Supersize Me, right? He lost a bunch of weight. Um, and actually, a lot of his blood markers improved, but he subjectively felt like dog shit. So I don't want to live like that. Most people don't. Um, so yeah, you shouldn't probably eat McDonald's to lose weight, but you could include McDonald's in your diet when you're losing weight if it keeps you, right? If your energy intake is lower than your energy expenditure. So that's kind of the lesson there. He took the extreme road, of course. But And then another guy did Twinkies. He did the similar thing with Twinkies. Didn't make a documentary about it, but, um, but yeah, both are like not Twinkies would probably be even less nutritious. So that would be even a worse idea. But, um, the point was there to just prove that your calories in versus calories out is ultimately what it comes down to, right? Long-term health is a different thing. Okay. Um, uh, maximizing NEAT, right? Non-exercise activity thermogenesis along with exercise, uh, energy expense. Exercise, energy expenditure are the most effective ways to influence energy output. Okay, so uh, go train regularly. Go exercise, right? Formal exercise. If you like running and cardio, don't let people make fun of you. That's great. It's awesome. Okay, I was kind of harping on it before. I'm like, get on the treadmill. That's great, right? Go run. Find what your thing is and do it regularly. Um, neat. Um, you can use that by, you know, people harp on this, but I'm telling you, it's a game changer. You have to go to groceries anyway stop circling the parking lot, finding the closest one, just go right to the far corner, right? When it's minus 10, that's kind, you can find a lot of excuses not to do that. But in the summer, you can easily do that. So just find the farthest corner, park there, and then you got, you do that three times a week, twice a week, twice a month, three, whatever it is, just it all adds up, right? Um, so that's a great way to do it. Um, you start looking at things like that too, where you can maximize it, kind of like a point system and Weight Watchers. <laughs> um, all diets can work. I kind of already talked about that, right? Every diet can work insofar as it keeps that balance asymmetric, right? So as long as that energy intake, again, is below energy outtake, okay? Uh, the best diet is the one you can stick to over the long term. Um, yeah, we've kind of harped on that one as well. It's like, really, you just need to be able to stick to it, right? So if uh, keto can work really well, if it's something that works really well, I know some people that stick stuck to it for years and for them, then they kind of check all these boxes. Um, but that is not the majority. So to pretend like it is and put it across magazines at the shelves in the grocery store is silly, um, and harmful. Okay. So, and to do that with any diet is silly. So, um, uh, the best diet, the one you can stick to, it's like, really, it's just about the one that, that, uh, it's going to be hard, but ultimately you want to make it the easiest you can for you. Um, I think a lot of people think dieting is arduous and, and grueling and taxing and all this. And there are moments that are like that, but ultimately it should be relatively smooth. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's what matters because like I said before, we have no problem losing weight in this country. The problem is keeping it off. 
Okay. So that's, that's really, it's all about the long term here. Um, diet strategies must be tailored to the individual, not the other way around. Um, so that goes back to just the habits, right? So you want to, you want to slow, take an audit of how you eat, when you eat your, uh, what you eat, um, your activity levels, what activities you do, how often you do them, how much you do of them, and then see if you can maximize or minimize certain aspects of those. Um, and once you start being mindful of that, you actually start to see the glaring obvious, like, why am I doing that? Or why am I eating those? Um, you know, you'll start to see like, oh, those don't serve me. I can get rid of those. Or I just realized like, why don't I walk there instead of drive there? Like, I never even thought about that. But once you have a focus on that, it changes everything. So once you start looking at it like that, it's different. So and it makes it easier. And it should be easier, right? It shouldn't be that hard. You shouldn't be trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. It should be a little bit easier than that. Um, so yeah, those are the, uh, takeaways you guys ha should have a printed copy of this. So, uh, resources here. If you want to read more up on this, I have a bunch of articles here. Some are from my blog on modestrength.ca. Um, and then there are some short and long videos here, um, that kind of cover the wide landscape of eating, um, which is really good. Like, uh, this one, yeah, this one's like an hour long, um, uh, lecture by Andy Galpin, who's a PhD in physiology, and he talks about quality versus quantity. So kind of what I was uh, talked about, but didn't go into, right, as far as the uh, calories in versus calories out and weight loss. It's like, okay, over the long term, it does matter what we eat, but it does matter how much we eat too, right? So he talks about that. Uh, this is a little bit shorter, the rules of normal eating. Karen Koenig, she's awesome. Um, she basically is, a, um, I think she's just a psychologist, and her whole thing is all about like eating disordered eating and the psychological and emotional aspects of eating and eating behavior. Uh, she's like super brilliant and all of her stuff is from back in the day. So she's like way ahead of her time. Um, but, uh, and then this one's really good too. It's just a quick little Ted talk. Uh, he has a PhD in nutrition as well. And then these are podcasts that, um, that we have on our website as well, or I guess they'd be on any, wherever you get podcasts. Um, so those are all kind of, they'll cover kind of different aspects of what I talked about. So, um, and then, so you can kind of see those on the page that have been printed off. Um, and then, like I said, I'm from Motor Strength Health Club. You guys can follow us on social media if that's your thing. Um, if not, you should listen to podcasts because, uh, we have a sweet podcast, um, called Between Sets. Um, yeah, and you can find it Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, wherever you get your podcasts and then all the info's on there, my personal stuff and then the business stuff up there. Um, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Thanks guys. Does anyone have any questions? I know that was a lot of information, <laughs> um, and I know that that probably sparked maybe some thoughts like, wait, how does that work with starvation mode? Should I, whatever. My question yeah. is, you talk about having that calorie deficit yeah. and tracking it. Yeah. Like, what are your recommendations on tracking that? How do I know if you're in a deficit? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So back in the day, I would have got, I would have been like, oh, uh, a first line intervention may would have been counting calories and counting your food. Um, but I've changed a little bit now, uh, just because I work with gen pop, so they're not going to count calories. And some people do want to, right? That's great. Um, but some people don't want to, in fact, most people don't want to. And if they don't want to don't make them do it because adherence long-term, it's not going to work. They're going to fall off and be like this, this sucks, dude. Um, so I don't count calories cause I don't want to. So, um, that just creates another barrier. So, what I recommend is finding metrics that you can track objective progress, plus maybe some subjective metrics, right? Combining those together, taking an audit of all your habits, good and bad, 
and then you start to change them and then you just watch those metrics change. Does that make sense? So that's how I see that. So you, 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 you take an audit of your whole lifestyle and eating and everything, exercise and eating, and then uh, you choose which metrics you want to use and then you move forth in over the next week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, month. You should see those metrics work in your favor. If they don't, then you need to tweak something. And that's how you know. So that's how I like to track. Yeah. So a mixture of subjective and objective metrics, um, whether it's, yeah, I could give a list of people if they want. But yeah, it's like, you know, measuring different body parts. Scale is useful in that way for objective ones. Subjective, obviously, clothes fitting, generally feeling good. People could harp on that and be like, oh, I just feel good. It's like, no, that's that's good. If you feel good, I'm happy for you. And that's you should feel good. So and that's something to pay attention to. right? I just feel good. You know, it's like, yeah, that's good. So. Um, that would count as a, you know, a qualitative metric that would be a little bit loosey goosey, but it works. So if that answers that, but calorie counting calories works too. But I think most people for, for most people know. Yeah. But, but yeah. Any other questions? Cool. I was going to talk to you guys about pain. Thank you. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the show. Um, that was kind of a, a special episode there with a, a past recording. Um, just wanted to mention a few things as far as announcement, announcements for the business. Right now we are closed for COVID-19. I'm trying to stop the spread of uh, this recent global pandemic that's uh, affected all of us. Um, but uh, while we are closed for in-person services, we are offering online services. If anyone needs any help, um, if it's just a little bit of a reach out as far as information or some guidance, then we don't mind helping you guys out at all for free, of course. Um, if you're looking for something with a little bit more support and more resources um, and a more kind of hands-on approach, although it is still through the internet, then just let us know. We have uh, lots of options for that, and uh, we'd love to help you guys while you guys are still stuck at home. Um, yeah, you can contact me at tim at modestrength.ca. You can contact Tyler at tyler at modestrength.ca, and you can find us on Instagram at tim underscore mshc, tyler underscore mshc, um, and our website, modestrength.ca. So hope you guys are staying safe, staying healthy, staying active. Um, reach out if you need it. And thanks, uh, thanks for listening to the show.